You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. So Matthew 6, Jesus says to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus says, then all these things will be added unto you. So what this series is really gearing us towards is how do we live like that? How do we live in such a way that we put the kingdom of God first in our life? And we started uh, by fasting. We said we want to put the kingdom of God first in our life, first and foremost, through our our physical body. And so we're going to submit our body unto God. And so we fasted. And and some of you are are almost done with your fast today. Some of you are going to eat chocolate for the first time in 21 days. And and you thought you were going to, you know, bite somebody's head off. You were going to pick up trash off the ground because you wanted chocolate so bad, you know. And so today's your day. Some of you haven't watched TV in 21 days. And so you're going to break that fast with the Super Bowl tonight or something. I don't know. Um, and so a lot of cool things God has, has done through this fast. Um, and, and so physically, you, some of you are on the Daniel fast. So you, you've been eating fruits and vegetables. And, and so now it's time for you to get some red meat. And it's going to be awesome for you. So uh, a lot of great, great, great things. So physically we put uh, God and the kingdom of God first. And then we talked about putting God first spiritually. And so we talked about our prayer life and what that looks like and how we've got to carve out that time in our day to pray and to get into God's word. It is worth our time uh, to do that. And, and God blesses and, and hears our prayer. And we, we talked about the cultural fast at that point as well. And we said, you know what? Let's cut out TV. Let's cut out Facebook. Let's cut out some technology so that we can create some margin and some space in our life to kind of detoxify our bodies and our minds so that we can get with God. And so many of you have, have denied yourself uh, some, some media and some, something that, that creates some space in your life. And so uh, it's amazing how, you know, when you don't watch TV and you think you need it to go to sleep, it's like, I don't actually need it to go to sleep. It's been eye-opening for me. Uh, so it, it, it's just uh, one of these things that God is going to honor in your life. And so then last week we began to look at what it looks like for us to put God first materially. So Jesus talks about money. We can't serve God and money. So what does it look like to treasure Jesus and not treasure our income and our possessions and our wealth? But what does it look like to put the kingdom of God first in our life? And so we looked at the biblical principle of tithing. And and so I said that the first 10% of our gross income goes to God, to his church. And and we talked about what that looked like and and how to do that. And then we talked about the next 10% should go to yourself. Most of, most of us, you know, if we don't think about it, we give the government our money first because they just take it. Remember, they just take it out of our check. And so we want to reverse that. We want to give to God uh, first. And then we, we want to give that 10% to savings or, you know, a, a, a pre-taxed, you know, mutual fund, IRA, traditional IRA, anything, 401k, that allows us to, to even before we give to the government, we actually give to ourselves. It's all legal, you know, just read about it. It's like, so it's like we give God 10%, the first, then we give ourselves the second, And if we're in debt, then that 10% goes to pay off debt because we hate debt. We don't want to be in bondage to, to, you know, our our bank, our credit card company. So we're going to get mad at our debt. We're going to pay off our debt so that we can get our financial act together. And then the third point was, hey, you you basically budget the, the remaining 80%. And it's like we, we try to live by, the, not try, but we live by the principle that our grandparents live by, which is if we don't have money to buy it, then we don't buy it. Yeah, it's like, what? I, that's just crazy, man. That's freaky. You, are you serious? It's like, yeah, we don't buy it. I mean, yeah, house, you know, that's kind of one of those things where, eh. But other than that, we, we, we can save money and, 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 and begin to pay off our debt. So, so I, 
that, that's where we're at. And so at the end, I said today, actually today is, is the day that we're going to challenge you to take the 90-day challenge. And so the 90-day challenge is, is, is for all of us to say, you know what, for the next 90 days, we're going to commit to give God 10% of our income and we're going to do it and we're going to trust God. And at the end of that 90 days, if we say, you know what, I don't feel like it's the right thing for me. God's not answering or whatever. You just call us and say, hey, we need that back. And I'll be glad to give it back to you. The church, our, our finance team will take care of that. We'll just give it back because we believe in it so much. I mean, we're willing to, to, to make that step, to take that step and, 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 and to offer that to each of you because I believe in it so wholeheartedly. So, all right, let's get into today. Matthew 6, we're going to start in verse 19. But before we do, I need $100. So would anybody be willing to give me $100? Wow, Michael, I love you. Come here, man. Let me, let me, you got it actually on you. You've got cash? Sweet. How you doing today? Love you, man. I appreciate that. And the hug. Man, that's awesome. So, two, let me count it. Four, six, eight. All right, it's there. All right, good. I appreciate that. So, so what I want to do is I want to start with um, some practical tips and some practical teaching on what tithing actually is. And if you're taking notes, here's number one. He's going to put it on the screen. Why, why do we want to be a giver? Why, what is tithing? Why, why do we want to tithe? The first and foremost thing that I, I want us to gather today, number one, is that tithing is returning to God the first 10% of our income to God's church. So it's returning to God our money. So I've been, last week I said give God 10%. But I want to get a little bit more specific and, and I want to get technical because sometimes I can be technical and, and, and a little, you know. So, so technically speaking, it all belongs to God. And so in fact, when we give 10% to Him, we're actually, we're actually just returning it, it to Him. And so, so Michael, he, he gave me a hundred bucks, but, but what happened is before the service, I said, hey, Michael, here's a hundred dollars. Can you, can you take this for me? And I'm going to ask for it back at some point in the service. And he said, yeah, I can do that. So it was all mine. And so thank you, Michael. He did a great job. Um, And, and so what, what God does, see, I'm not God. Okay. So what God would do is he would give Michael that hundred dollars and then he would say, Michael, keep 90% and only give me 10%. But unfortunately for Michael, I'm not God, and I had to preach this message twice, so that would have been a pretty expensive uh, illustration. So, so, so I asked for it all back. But God is not like that. He actually says, keep 90. I just want you to return to me 10%. So when we look at it, we, we begin to see that, okay, okay, this is more than just God wants my money or the church needs my money. It's like, it's not, it's not about that at all. It's about returning to God what belongs to him to honor him. It's an act of worship. It's an act of giving to him, of returning. And, and, and listen, I don't want anything in my house that belongs to God. I don't know about you, but whatever belongs to God, I want to make sure that it is in his house, not my house. And so when we give to God, we are returning to him the money he's already given to us. So if you're a young Christian, sometimes we just, you know, sometimes we struggle with this. And so just to be clear, like just because you go to a Christian like bookstore and think, you know what, I'm going to give my, you know, I'm going to buy a Bible. I'm going to buy some Christian books and that kind of thing. Like this is my tithe, you know, for, you know, I'm going to buy Christian stuff. So that's okay. That's my tithe, right? That's not tithing. We call that shopping. Okay. So like, 
It's like we're not buying Christian CDs in the name of tithing. And, and, and listen, we give to Red Cross. We give to all these other organizations. That's all well and good. But at the end of the day, it's not tithing. It's not giving to God because the tithe goes to his church. And so we want to understand that. And then uh, secondly, another practical understanding or teaching about tithing is that tithing is giving God my first and best so that he can bless the rest. So it's giving him my first and my best. That's why the Bible calls it my first fruits. Uh, all throughout the scripture, God asks us to give to him the first and the best. In the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, all was the first, the best of the best animal. As we give to God, as we sacrifice to him, we give to him first, not whatever's left, but first. And then we read Malachi 3.10. And what Malachi 3.10 says is, is that, you know, if you'll return the tithe to him, he says that I will open the floodgates or I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you so much that you don't even know what to do with it. Like it, it'll meet every single need. And so the promise that he gives to us as we give to him, his blessing will follow. And so like his, his, the windows of heaven will be open and pouring out upon us. And it's like, all right, Man, I don't need a floodgate. I just want a little crack. Just like crack it open for me just a little bit. It's all we need, you know. But it's like, no, his promise is floodgates. And so um, Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10 says this. I think they'll put it up there. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So the idea here is first to God. As I give God my first fruit. As I give to him first, then he blesses the rest. And so we see that, that following him and trusting him is all about faith. Like I'm trusting him with my money financially and he's going to take care of my bills, of my kids, of my needs, of all the other things that fall into place here. That's his promise to us. Number three, tithing is, uh, uh, provides for God's work through the church. I mean, this, this is the practical side, okay? Tithing provides for God's work through the church. When you and I tithe, it provides God's work in and through this church. And like Jesus died for the church. God's idea was the church. Like through the church, ministry uh, would take place in the world. The gospel was given to the people in the church to carry the gospel and make disciples. And so the church is central to the gospel. Okay, so, so Jesus loves the church. It was his idea. He died for the church. We should love the church. We should care for the church and we should support the church. And you know what? This is just, this is like, as people give, we see the work of God advanced in our city and in our world. That's just practical teaching. Like the more people give, the more opportunities we have to reach people for Christ, kingdom of God advance, people enter heaven and, and, and God's kingdom grows. So practically speaking, uh, it's giving God, it's returning to God. And then it's also giving my first and best and he's going to bless the rest. And then it also provides for God's work in and through the church. I can only imagine like what is going to happen in our church as all of us commit to give to God 10%. Like, like what God has done over the last year in our church has been phenomenal. Phenom I mean, just miracle. It's been amazing. But just think of what he can do in the future as we faithfully give to him, it's, I think he's going to, I think the best is yet to come. And I think he's going to blow our minds with how he grows this church and how we see people like spiritually awaken and dive deeper. And, and I, I just think God's going to do some amazing things. So uh, chapter six, 
Let's get into our passage today. Remember, we're covering the whole chapter. Uh, Today, we want to start in verse 19, but I'm going to focus on 22 and 23. Uh, We haven't covered that yet. So the question is, why should I put the kingdom of God first? I mean, why should we do that? Here's what Jesus says. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. In other words, if you are investing in your own wealth and, and, and all you're doing, you're not giving to God, all you're doing is, is, is investing in your savings account, your wealth, and your kingdom. He says it's a foolish investment, dumb investment. It's going to get destroyed. It's going to get stolen. It's going to get ruined. Here's what he says to do instead. He said, instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, everything that we invest in kingdom ministry, Everything that we would invest materially, everything that we'd sacrifice for the kingdom of God, never is, it's never destroyed, it never goes away, it's never ruined, it's in heaven. Our rewards happen today and rewards happen in the future when we go to heaven with Christ one day uh, with, with Jesus in our life. That's going to happen. And he says you'll be rewarded and it's going to be stored there forever. The wise investment. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So we're not after treasures, we're after hearts. Jesus is after hearts. He knows that when you serve him with all of your heart, when you treasure Jesus more than anything else, than your marriage, than your finances, than everything else in your life, peace that transcends all understanding, like vision, like understanding of of why you're here, your purpose, like the true meaning of life begins to unfold in your heart and in your life. But we've, we've got to treasure Jesus. And the problem is too many of us treasure money. He goes on to say, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then he goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one or love the other. He'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot serve God and money. It is an impossibility to love money, and to love God. You'll either hate one and love the other or vice versa. So here's the point here. We want to focus on, on verses 22 and 23. And if you're taking notes, the first point is this. Like a generous heart leads to spiritual understanding. So as, as we are generous, it's going to lead us to a deeper knowledge of Jesus. There is a huge connection here that we, that we have to get. So in the context of talking about money, talking about treasures, Jesus says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. And so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So as he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. This verse is an illustration. He's illustrating the point of where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. And so the illustration says this, the eye is the lamp of our bodies. The eye is also an illustration of the heart. So our eye, our heart, same thing. But he says the eye is is like the lens. It allows light to come into our heart. So when our heart is healthy, when our eyes are healthy, then, then the light is able to come into our life. In other words, as we are generous, as our heart is healthy, then the spiritual truth is able to fill us and we understand it and we grow and we get it and we grow closer to Jesus. Now, the word here for healthy is haplos. And so some of your translations may say um, clear or generous or single. The King James Version says single. But this word means all of that. It means clear. 
that your, your, your heart will be clear, your eye will be clear, or it'll be generous, or it'll be single. So the idea here is when our hearts are, are singularly focused on the kingdom of God, and we're not serving money, we're serving God. It's a single-mindedness here upon God. When that takes place, then our heart will be healthy. Then the, then the light will flood into our our bodies into our spiritual hearts. And so the, the concept here is as my heart is healthy, I grow spiritually. Okay, so vice versa. Here's what he says now. So he says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so the, the opposite is true here. The word for darkness or, or dark is poneros, and it also means bad. It can mean evil. And, and so the idea here is if our heart is bad, if it is evil, it is, it is not clear. It is not single-minded. It's double-minded, and it's confused, and it's, it's kind of loving money and, and, and loving, trying to love God, but we can't do that. And so the, there's a darkness there. And as a result, the light is not in us. It's actually dark in us, which means that we're ultimately spiritually blinded. And being spiritually blind is, 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 is crazy because what happens is if you're blinded spiritually, you think that you're okay. You think you're a good person. You think that you might be growing. You think that, you know, good things are happening. But if you're spiritually blinded, you can't see it. You're blind because Jesus says you cannot serve God and Money. Now in the Septuagint, that's the Greek translation of the Old Testament in the first century. Uh, that's, what they, that's what they read. That's what they lived by. This word was translated as evil eye uh, for them, for, for the Jewish culture. Now, the evil eye is not like, you know, guys, you left your socks on the floor and your wife gives you the evil eye. That, that's, that's in our culture. That's kind of what we think evil eye is. But in the first century, the evil eye meant that that person uh, who had an evil eye was stingy or selfish. And so this same word, it's, it's, it's so connected to the idea of generosity and, and putting uh, the kingdom of God first materially with your money that, that here he says, look, you know, here's the evil eye, man. It's, it's stingy. It's selfish. That's why in Proverbs 28, 22, it says this, the same word, same idea for this word. A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. The stingy man, he hastens after wealth. He runs after wealth. He runs after, I want to build my kingdom. I want to be successful. And I'm putting money first. And I'm not giving to God. I'm not giving really to anything or anybody else except for some scraps until I think that I'm satisfied and I have enough. And as I hasten for that, at the end of our life, we realize we're broke. We're poverty stricken because we take nothing with us. We didn't invest into God's kingdom where we're going to live forever we spent all of our time focusing on the 60, 70 years that, that we had. And if you're, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, what do you got? I hate to be the bearer of bad news today, but 15, 20 years, I mean, this is a short life, you know? But eternity stands in front of us. And Jesus would say, bad investment, if you're going to invest in this life, invest in eternity. The spiritual growth will take place in your life as you put God first. You stop serving materialism. You stop serving money. And you start becoming generous with your money. It's just plain and simple. I mean, look, this is the idea. If you're not regularly giving, there is no way around this. Like your, your bank account, your, your credit card statements, like there's no way around this. Trust me, before I, I, I realized the value of tithing, I tried. I mean, I tried every angle on this deal to try to see if I could wiggle my way out of it. But there is no denying the fact that where I spend my money is where my heart is. There is no denying that. So the tr simple truth is this. They'll put it up on the screen. 
Here's the simple truth. Like, well, like where and how I'm spending my money. Like the way you handle your money is a guide to your spiritual condition. Like I don't care how much you think you love Jesus, how much you think that you're, you know, you're growing. I don't care how much you think you know about the Bible. Like I know the Bible and I have memorized and I got awards. And listen, I don't care how much you think you know. Like if you are not putting God first with your money, like that's the guide to where you're at spiritually. And like I have to wrestle with that and I have to struggle with that and I have to allow that truth to settle in my heart and I have to realize that there, there are no like spiritual gymnastics around this. Plain and simple, we've got to face it. And, and, and we're going to be, you know, as far as our spiritual growth, either hindered by how we handle it or it will be encouraged and the growth will take place. Now, some of you are probably thinking, you know what, Trent, I heard you last week, I podcasted and so I'm, I'm caught up and so I know about this whole giving thing and, and where you're at. But like if, like if I'm gonna do what you're, what you're talking about, for me to do that, I'm gonna have to like massively change my lifestyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's like, yes, you're, you're, you're tracking with me. Like, Trent, for me to do this, I'm like, I'm going to have to like reprioritize like my whole spending like thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. you got it. So Trent, if you're like, if I'm tracking with you, like the things that I want to buy, I'm not going to be able to buy if I'm going to do what you're saying God's telling me to do. Yes. <laughs> so like, so what you're saying is like, I have to reprioritize my entire life and, and, and I, I, I'm actually gonna have to put God first in my life. Yes, 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 and yes. That's what this means. That's exactly what this means. We read Malachi 3 and it's like, well, a man robbed God. And I'm like, I don't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna be that guy. I want, I, I want to be the guy that honors God. I want to be the guy that, that tries to rob God and, and, and I want the favor of God upon my life. And so I want to honor him faithfully. And, and, and so I know a lot of times if you've been in church for a while, like the argument begins to unfold to try to, try to you know, not accept this as truth. And so the argument is, well, that was Old Testament. So that was law. We're not under law anymore. And so we're under New, new Testament, New Covenant. And it's like, yeah, we get that. But Actually, if you want to go technical, that actually tithing existed before the law was given to Moses. So it's like, okay, that doesn't really work. And, but then somebody will say, well, it's Old Testament. Old Testament is Old Testament. New Testament is New Testament. We don't have to follow that Old Testament. And, and so Jesus never actually, you know, talked about tithing. And, and actually he does mention tithing in Matthew 23, 23. I want to read that verse and, and show you guys what it, what it says. And so Jesus has given the Pharisees a, a good chewing out. You know, some of us need a good chewing out every now and then. And, and so he was given, they, they often did. And, and so here's what Jesus says in, in chapter 23, verse 23. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So, so when we're looking at this, Jesus is, is like pretty much saying, yeah, you guys are, are tithing, so good for you, but that's like basic stuff. Like, yeah, obviously you should tithe, but that's the easy part of our faith. That's the, that's the easy and, and expected part. Like the more weightier matters or the more things that really matter are showing justice and mercy and faithfulness. And so how do we get to that in our life? Like we think finances is the hardest, but look, dude, you haven't even scratched the surface on, on what it means to follow Jesus if, if we're struggling with materialism because that's easy. 
It's like easy to write that check when I understand who Jesus is, when I understand what he says in his word. That's the easy part. You got, we got a long way to go. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. Jesus would say, you know what? Tithing is, yeah, you should do that. That's a part of what it means to put the kingdom of God first. But, but there's other weightier matters that we got to understand. It's like taking care of widows, taking care of orphans. How do we end, you know, human trafficking? How, how, do we, how do we raise the bar for justice in this world? And so like the church is the champion of justice. And, and we should be leading the charge on these issues, not, not sitting back in the shadows. And, and I believe Jesus would say, you know what, this is, this is, this is what it means to follow me. Put me first. Now, some people would say, you know what, still Old Testament, man, still you're not convincing me. And so uh, it's my last chance. Other than that, I'm just going to leave it in the hands of Jesus on this one. But like, um, here's, here's what we know about Jesus in the Old Testament. He came to fulfill the law and everything the Old Testament said. Jesus says, uh, here's what the Old Testament says. Here's what the law says. Here's what I say. And every time he says, here's what I say, it's like a hundred times harder. He raises the bar. For instance, he says, in the, it says in the Old Testament, the law says, do not murder. So all of us feel good if you haven't murdered anybody. So we're like, okay, I, I feel good. But then Jesus comes along and says, hey, if there's hatred in your heart, you've committed murder in your heart. Don't, oh man, I've killed a few people this week, you know? So it's like he raises the bar, you know? I, I've killed my dog like a hundred times, you know? Hatred toward that thing. No, I love it. Um, here's also what he says. He says, don't commit adultery. I was like, oh, okay. Got that one, got that one. Jesus comes along, knows what he says. Anytime, guys, you see a girl walking down the road, it's like, whoo, look at her. He says, if you look lustfully upon a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. Raises the bar. Every time Jesus takes the Old Testament, he raises the bar. He, he, he says, this is, the, this is the starting point. This is the standard. But actually what it means to follow me is much deeper than that. So when the Old Testament says, hey, look, tithe, you know, give 10%. And actually, remember last week, go back and podcast it. We saw that the Israelites were actually giving closer to 30 and 33% of their total income back to the Lord. And so it was actually more than that. So there, look, don't try to do the gymnastics. You're going to lose on that one. Just realize that, that 10% is the starting point. But the grace givers, the people that understand who Jesus is, it's like we don't start, we don't stop there. We start there. It's like every year, how can I give a little bit more? How, how can I bless God? How can I serve God more? And, 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 and how, do I, how do I increase that gift to him and to his ministry and his work? Because at the end of the day, floodgates upon me, Blessing, I understand. I'm looking forward to that. And rewards in heaven eternally, which is a lot longer than 60, 70 years here. I think I'll make the wise investment. A generous heart will lead to spiritual growth. If you are not generous, if you are not giving, then your growth is stunted. Your spiritual growth is stunted. I don't care, man, how much you know about this book. Like if it hasn't transformed your heart, you're, you're just joking. You're, you're just kidding yourself. And, and, and Jesus knows the reality. Secondly, if you're taking notes, generosity is going to build my faith in God. It's going to build my faith in God. Why? Because when I say, all right, I've got, here, here, here's my bills and here's what I've got, but I'm going to honor God with this amount. Then that means that I'm trusting God to help me take care of this, take care of this, be able to put, feed my kids, put them in college, do all the things that I want to do. And I'm trusting God. That builds faith. If I'm if we're like having coffee at Starbucks and we're just talking and, um, you know, you're like, man, I just don't feel like my faith is strong. My faith is growing. Um, and then a fair question would be, are you tithing? Are you giving? And nine times out of ten, most people would say, actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of giving a little bit or maybe I'm not giving at all. 
And the reality is that's where most people are because when you tithe, when you give, God builds your faith. The whole spiritual window, my eyes are healthy and now the spiritual light, the truth can come into my heart, can grow me. Jesus, uh, or, or actually God says in Malachi, this is the only time we see this in scripture where God says, test me. Like I dare you, you know. God says, test me in this. I dare you to do this. And just watch the floodgates open up. Just watch my blessing pour out upon you. It's the only time we see this in Scripture. And he says, the blessing of God is going to be upon your life. Like it's, it's way worth it, you know. And the blessing of God comes in more ways than just money, right? I mean, we're not talking about, you know, playing the lottery with God. I'm going to give him 10% these next 90 days and we're going to get that new Ford F-150, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to get a lift kit. No, it's not like that at all. That, you know... The blessing of God is far more than money. Like the blessing of God as I'm a giver comes in the form of now all of a sudden as I put the kingdom of God first, now my marriage grows. Now my marriage is, is becoming spiritually um, uh, closer. Like intimacy is finally taking place, you know, with my wife and I. And so we're growing. And, and listen, listen, you can't put a price tag on a godly marriage. It's like a godly, honoring, God-honoring, healthy marriage is far more valuable than money. Oh, come on, man. That was a good time to be like, yeah, amen. It's like, or whatever you got. If it's an amen or like a mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm, man, that's worth it, you know? I, look, there's no price tag you can put on that. Like my kids being healthy and faithfully serving God, there's no price tag on that. That's the hand and favor and blessing of God. It's like, you know what, I'm in a church where I'm being spiritually fed, I'm being challenged, I'm, I'm able to use my gifts and use them in ministry and, and see life changing around me. That is a blessing from God. And yeah, I do believe that financially God blesses us as well as we're faithful to Him. I, I believe that takes place. I've seen it in my own life. I've told you guys this before, but uh, when I first went to seminary, my wife was making $21,000 a year. She was a, um, a private school teacher. It was a Christian school. And so we were living off that, living in an apartment, didn't have kids at the time. Um, and so, you know, struggling week to week. I was going to school full time, odd job in it, you know, trying to, trying to get our way through it. But we decided early in our marriage we were going to give. And so it wasn't much, you know, but we were giving. And, and every time we gave, we would, I, I can't count how many times this happened. Like at the end of the month, looking at our, our, our spreadsheet at the time, and, and we didn't have apps back then, by the way. You know, so we're looking at paper and we're like looking at it. And, and it's like, we're going to be in the red like by next week. We're going to be in the red. I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, let's just not think about it. Maybe we'll go, you know, we had those conversations. We just prayed about it. And then inevitably, it's, it's like playing Monopoly and you take the chance card. It's like the bank has an error in your favor. Collect $200. Sweet, you know. It's like the, the hand and favor and blessing of God. I, I can't tell you how many stories I have of, of gift cards that were sent to me or, or checks that were sent my way from my last church. Like God's hand as we were faithful. He always, always provided. Never once. We sing that song, um, Oceans, and how like, take me deeper you know, take me deeper where my faith, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the water. It's like the water is coming over my head. Take me deeper into those waters. And, and you've never let me down. You've never failed. And you're not about to now. It's like, that's not a question. God's not going to fail you or mess up or, or forget. You know, we're, we're going to trust him as we go to deeper waters. And, and tithing for many of you is the deeper waters. 
You know, that's the deeper water that you're treading into. And so, so God is going to build our faith as we dive into his word and as we, as we are faithful in our giving. And I'm so passionate about this. I believe in it so much that that's why we would do a 90-day challenge and encourage you to do it and then offer your money back. Like if you don't, if you don't think that it's honoring God or, or, or it's working for you, because I believe after 90 days, you're going to see the hand of God like never before. I believe you're going to see the spiritual blessings as a result of that. And, and, and I believe that, that honoring God with your wealth is, in fact, the most important thing that some of you could do today because you're not growing spiritually. And mostly it's because your heart, it's treasuring other things other than Jesus. And we want to get to this point to where we treasure Jesus somehow, miraculously. Like this is part of following Jesus that just freaks you out. Like miraculously, the hand and favor of God can do more with 90% than we could ever do with 100% without the blessing of God. Does that make sense? Like I can do more with the 90% that I keep miraculously with the hand and favor of God upon my life than I could ever do with 100% without the hand and favor of God. That makes sense, man. I'm telling you. You cannot get around this. This is huge. You cannot serve God and money. Money serves you as you serve God. Like we don't serve money. So we've got to break this pattern in our life and and get our resources and finances in line and break free from culture. So finally, why do we tithe? Well, it's an act of worship. Why we give? Why are we generous? Man, this is an act of worship. Just like, like singing songs like is worship. Like when I give to God, that is worship. When I listen to a sermon, that is worship because I'm, in, I'm, I'm trying to engage. I'm looking at God's word, maybe taking notes and I'm trying to learn and hear the voice of God. That's an act of worship. And so when we give to God and we're giving to him sacrificially, we're saying I'm, I'm gonna sacrifice what I want now to give an honor to God. And it's like, yes, that is what it means to put God first materially in our life. So it's an act of worship. And, and I want to close today with just worship. And so everyone should have had a card in their chair. And, and uh, I did this in the first service. And um, I'm going to do it again in this service with you. Like, I want to encourage you guys just to take the card right now and um, take the pen and with me, make this commitment. I mean, this is simple. It's a name, it's a date, and it's like three choices. I'm going to continue, I'm going to begin, or I'm going to become a grace giver. And a grace giver is like I'm going to begin to challenge myself to give more than 10%, and, and that's my commitment right now. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to do that. I'm going to pray in just a second, and we're going to ask God's blessing upon the offering, and then our guys are going to come and collect the offering. And, and I just want to encourage you to take that card and put it in the baskets as they're passed, and um, we're going to just watch God move. And I'm telling you, we saw God move in the first service. It's blowing me away. I can't wait to talk about it next week. But um, like he's going to do something great. And I'm expecting this. And um, next week, as we look at like the result of putting God first, the kingdom of God first in all these areas of our life, we're going to see what it means to overcome stress and anxiety. And so Jesus is pretty clear about it. And I'm excited to kind of close this series with some, some awesome, awesome results of uh, uh, putting God and the kingdom of God first. And so, guys, if you'll come forward, I'll pray. And then we're going to sing an incredible song together. A song that is an anthem that, um, to me, is very, very powerful. It says, the, the lyrics start by saying, All depression wash away on the shores of your great love. 
Like, you know what? When I'm on the shores of God's love, like depression is, is gone. Like uh, the next verse is, let addiction and all shame be laid down at your feet. And he says, freedom, take hold of my heart. Spirit of God, come fill this place. Like freedom is what we're after. Like, like financial freedom is what I know you want to experience. Like I know you want this in your life. We all crave this financial freedom. Like this, this song is like, you know, singing and praising and praying to God. Freedom, take hold of my heart. Spirit of God, come fill this place. Like not fill this building. Like we know he's in this room. He's everywhere. But like this heart, this, this, this place. Spirit of God, come fill this place and have your way. Like, I want you, Jesus, and I want nothing else. Like, when I can get to the point to where I treasure Jesus in such a way that, that He is all I want, that is a good place. Like, the things of this world begin to grow strangely dim. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.